0: Welcome to Dustris. Keep your dots rolling, your hit points counted, and your magic flowing. Buckle up, travelers, you're in for a ride. Hello, and welcome to Dustris, a high magic, high fantasy homeroom setting based loosely off the Pathfinder 1E system. This and Elder Stream game production is made possible by our patrons Brian Bridges, Brian Wraith, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat. Robin Mims, Tim DeMuse, Undead Fish, and In Memory of Wesley Sullivan. Stay tuned after our episode to hear about some projects that some of these were working on. But for now, let's get started with our story. Welcome, friends and listeners, to another episode of Hill Point Heroes. This time, we hear a little bit from our friend Tim over at LCP d as he plays Maldrick, the tiefling blacksmith. He remembered their last day together clearly. He honestly had no real interest in ribbons and fabrics and baubles, but he had overheard the doctor talking to his father the evening before. Women her age weren't supposed to have children, and even though there was no reason to believe this child would be like him, there was a good chance She wouldn't survive the birth. So when his heavily pregnant mother announced at breakfast that morning that she intended to waddle her way over to the haberdashery, he feigned some enthusiasm and asked to go with her. There was no way he was letting her go alone. He took her arm as she stepped up on the sidewalk outside the shop, helping her to keep her balance. All around them, the townsfolk glared and whispered little comments behind their backs. It had always been this way, but Isabel never appeared to notice. She simply patted his hand once her feet were steady under her and made her way into the shop. Mal took a seat on a bench inside the door and watched as she went about her shopping. It seemed like barely a moment ago, she was a young woman with smooth skin and ebony hair, running through the gardens playing games with him. Now her skin was creased with age, her hair mostly gray. People told him he should be thankful that tieflings have such a long lifespan. But watching his mother now, he did not feel grateful. No, Mal Ramazi felt scared. Everyone in the city knew the truth. Isabel and Duran were not his real parents. In fact, Duran was his older brother. But Tiefling's age differed. And Mal had no memory of their parents. From the time he was old enough to remember anything, it was Duran and Isabel who cared for him. Somewhere in the attic were some dusty legal papers showing when they officially adopted him. But those papers never mattered. They were the only father and mother he had ever known, and he loved them. It was their influence in the community that protected him. No one was going to lift a finger against the son of a ruling family, but now his position seemed precarious. What would happen to him when they were gone? Mal shook the thought from his head and gathered Isabel's packages from the counter. Her soft smile as she took his arm eased his fears. If only that smile had the power to chase death away as easily. Mal finished off the rum in his glass and poured another one. Halfway through the bottle, and still it wasn't enough to chase away the memories tonight. This was Zav's fucking fault. He loved his best friend, but for the past two days, Mal had stood by and listened as he droned on and on in his excitement about his and Gav's new son. Mal chuckled out loud at the absurdity of it. That kid was a fucking grown man. The way Zav carried on, you'd think he had somehow given birth to a real-life babe himself. He knew his anger was born out of jealousy, but that knowledge didn't help much. He was the powerful one. The knowing one. And yet he was the one sitting alone in the dark, drinking himself into oblivion. Tomorrow he would have to plaster a smile onto his face and pretend to be happy for his friend. But tonight, he was content to sit with his resentment. What the hell did these two guys know about children anyway? Not a damn thing. If anyone in this weird little circle of theirs was fit to be a father, it was him. After all, it was he who looked after Merrick. Mal walked over and pulled a small trunk from beneath the bed and opened it. Inside sat a blue silk that Isabel had bought on the last shopping trip with a silver baby rattle placed on top. Mal took the rattle from its resting place and listened to the noise it made as he shook it. He remembered how much he hated Merrick at first for taking his mother's life, How much he resented the fact that Merrick was born a perfect little human with dark eyes and hair, like Duran's. But his animosity for the child faded when he saw Isabel's sweet smile in his features. He began to feel sorry for the babe when it became clear that Duran couldn't stand to look at him, much less hold him. It wasn't that his father was a hard man or mean-spirited. Merrick just reminded him of the guilt he felt over his wife's death. At first, Merrick had nursemaids and nannies to look after him, but they all seemed to disapprove of Mal spending time with the child. Since Duran didn't seem to care what was taking place, Mal fired all of them himself. For the first eight years of Merrick's life, it was Mal who cared for him. He was the one that was there when Merrick took his first steps He was the one that picked the child up and tended to his first scraped knee. He was the one that taught the toddler how to dress himself and tie his shoes. And it was he who cried when Duran sent Merrick away to boarding school at age eight. Mal understood that Merrick had to go. He was human and could inherit the city and its rule when Duran passed on. Something Mal couldn't do. That didn't make it any easier, though especially since a tiefling would never be allowed to visit him at school. The city of Middlesbrough really held nothing for him after that. At first, he tried to find a place for himself. Bothered by some of the working conditions at the mines, he acted as a voice for the people, convincing his father to make some favorable changes. He hoped that by showing the people that he cared about their well-being, maybe he could change their perspective of him. It didn't work. Whispers of, Yeah, but what does the devil want in trade? Floated around behind his back. Duran saw how his son was struggling and wanted to help. But Isabel had been the one that was good at those things. And so Mal waited. He waited to finally come of age. He waited for his brother to return home. He waited for the day they all knew was coming. The day his father would pass on, Mal tossed the silver rattle back onto the chest and closed it with a sigh. How long had it been since he had last saw Merrick? Ten years? He wondered how his little brother was faring as ruler of Middlesbrough. From time to time, he considered going back for a visit, but always talked himself out of it. That prissy little bitch he had to call sister-in-law hated him. It's a gut-punching feeling to stand in the only home you've ever known and have some stuck-up little cunt make you feel like you're the one that doesn't belong there. How Merrick could fall for someone who could hate and alienate him like that, Mal would never understand. But that's the way it was. Sure, He had enough power now that he could basically make her disappear with a snap of his fingers. Merrick loved her, and they had kids. Even a devil-blooded tiefling like himself has lines he won't cross. Tossing his empty glass aside, he grabbed the bottle and walked outside. With a quick gesture and a mumble of slurred words, he appeared on the roof of his blacksmith shop. He sat down back against the chimney and stared across the way to his empty mansion. He had been a fool, always a fool. He was foolish enough to believe the fucking devil when he told him that with enough power people would love and respect him. He was foolish enough to buy into Drovic's dream of a town where they could all have normal lives. No one would ever look at him like he was normal. Sure, the Kyluns treated him well. Treated him like family? That's not the same as having your own family, is it? He glanced down the street to the home Zav and Gav made for themselves. Imagining their new little family sitting around smiling and laughing. He knew it was a bullshit image, but it felt real to him. If he could just go back to that night, knowing what he knows now, everything might be different. Mao leaned his head back and closed his eyes. He could see three humanoid bodies engulfed from the waist down by a tangle of three immense serpents. He could still hear the voice in his head. He sighed deeply. You goddamn fool. He muttered to himself before taking another swig from the bottle. He knew he was being hard on himself. As a young man cast out by society and desperate to protect himself, it made perfect sense. Knowledge gives you power and power keeps you safe. Power makes people respect you. Love you. He never stopped to think what it might cost him, but there was certainly a cost and he was paying it. The most powerful man alive, and he was sitting on a rooftop, drinking, alone, while the rest of the world moved on around him. After a moment, a rustle of feathers caught his attention as a large raven joined him on the roof. Mal reached up and scratched the bird's head. What are you doing, Echo? He chuckled as his familiar arched her neck into his hand. The bird turned to look at him, her eyes changing from their normal dark color to a bright, glowing red. I found this. Came Garyon's voice from the bird's beak. Echo shook her head. Her eyes returning to normal. The mouse sighed, finished the last of the bottle, and headed inside. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Dusters Podcast. My name is Don. I'm the voice of Brigord. I'm the GM in the Starfinder Homebrew Adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Corey in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting. And for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to saying that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some (laughs) Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland! Thanks for having my fucking back! Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We had an entire motherfucking galaxy and you show up on this place in a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning and uh, I kind of had to... Travis? I understand. Why for, uh, the fuck do you have a guitar? <laughs> LCP D&D presents Odyssey a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP d &D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. Welcome, Forsaken Travelers. Do you like sci-fi fantasy atmosphere? Do you like bad, scary movies, cult classics and more? The Crow, Beetlejuice, Frankenstein... What about dad jokes? We have those too. Tune in to the podcast for the untimely dead every other Sunday on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. If you would like to become a patron, check us out on patreon.com forward slash Also, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. You can also find us in the hive. That's our discord link in the description below. You can also find a link to our merch on sonerdware.com. And find us on Twitter, at EldritchDream, at a turn and at Dustress Podcast. And this is Last Call, so finish your drinks, and we'll see y'all next time.